Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here to communicate news and insights about all the topics in the ResNet ecosystem. So whether you're a consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear more about all the evolving trends and listen to some of the past episodes of ResTalk. This is about engagement with the community. So starting off a career in a new or even related industry can be challenging as there's so much to learn. Now it's not often that a newbie gets a chance for a seat at the table at an early stage in their career. So what industry perspectives do ResNet emerging leaders have? Well, today's episode will be joined by the 2021 ResNet Emerging Leadership Fellows, Stuart Solman and Drew Lynch. They're going to share their thoughts and perspectives on the HERS industry. Both Drew and Stuart submitted applications for the contest and were both thrilled and pleased to be accepted. ResNet's Emerging Leadership Council, or the ELC, strives to engage the next generation of leaders in the rating industry as many current HERS raters approach retirement. Side note, if you're interested in applying for next year's ELC Fellows Program, there are two simple requirements. Be a HERS professional who wants to make a difference in the industry and have five or less years experience as a HERS Raider. And for that, the winners will receive 100% waiver on the next ResNet Building Performance Conference registration and automatic membership on the Emerging Leadership Council. Well, let's give Drew and Stuart a chance to talk about their thoughts and perspective as the Fellows from the Emerging Leadership Council for 2021. Today we are in Meet the ELC Fellows episode for 2021. We have with us the two ELC Fellows that were nominated based on applications they submitted. So we have the pleasure of talking with both Stuart Solman and Andrew Lynch, who goes by Drew. Good morning. Drew, why don't you give us a quick little introduction of what you're all about, where you're located, that kind of thing. Thank you. I'm Drew Lynch. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. I grew up in Iowa and was transported here via my wife. <laughs> I attended college down here for electrical engineering. And during my time there, I had a professor who recommended that I look into energy efficiency as a way of reducing the amount of solar that would have to be used to bring a house down to net zero. And through that, I found ResNet and found a training program right here in Kansas and was able to get certified and began working on rating existing houses in 2016. And then I've started this year on doing Energy Star certification for nonprofits. Very, very interesting. My background is engineering also, and I'm a big proponent of reducing the energy footprint so that solar becomes more affordable. And that's really interesting. You pursued that as your vision and your mission. We should chat afterwards about some of these things. That's really, really cool. And I have a sister that lives in Wichita. So, geez, a lot of commonality here, Drew. We'll give Stuart a chance to introduce himself. Hey, I'm Stuart Solman. I'm originally from Alabama and went to school in Western State College in Colorado, where I studied environmental studies and sociology. That's where I learned about energy auditing and then been chasing mountains, mountains and energy efficiency, I feel like, go hand in hand. And then I moved to Utah, which is where I'm based out of now, 
and started working for a nonprofit doing energy auditing and then transitioned from energy auditing into an RFI position at my current company of Quality Built. Um, I've been doing that for the last probably six months. You've talked about in your application, you want to live in a world with more efficient homes and you believe you can be a catalyst to that dream. I know it's early, but how do you feel that's progressing? I think it's progressing quite well. I see a lot more homes becoming Energy Star certified and even code tightening up a little bit. I like to think that I'm a part of that by having homes become more code compliant. And since codes are starting to tighten up, then they'll all be energy efficient homes without the homeowners necessarily needing to do anything out of the ordinary that they don't feel comfortable doing. And Drew, can you tell us a little bit about your experience where things are progressing towards your dream or your vision for your work? I think I've seen a lot greater interest recently. I've seen that the number of ratings that I do each year is going up. And I think that that is partially for any business. It takes time for word of mouth to get around. But I think that it's also being boosted by the fact that more people are coming to find out that there is possibility for savings in the energy use of their homes. And I think that with a new administration, both in Kansas and in the White House, I think that it's becoming more popular, I guess. I'm trying to come up with the right word. (laughs) Maybe you could just shift a little bit and tell us about any kind of experiences that you've had. Do you have to lead people along with the idea of reducing energy consumption and then looking at solar or looking at a renewable source? Or are people coming to you with that? Often it's people coming to me. They are wanting to find out why their electric bills are so high, specifically electric, obviously gas bills as well. And they want to know why, but also there is comfort issues often. Well, number one complaint is I moved into a new house and I had no idea that electric bills would be this high. The second complaint is I feel a draft. And a draft could come from many places and it could be air infiltration. It could be poor insulation on a particular wall. But the end result is they want to know why and they want to fix what the issue is. So I come in and I give a thorough review that don't start out assuming that any one particular thing is the issue. I let the data speak for itself and I tell them what the issue is or what the issues could be and let them decide what's going to make the most impact. If it's a matter of money, then they've got to consider the price of the project versus the price of the savings. But when it is a matter of comfort, then the financial side of it is not such a big deal to them. So trying to help them through that decision-making is part of the process. And show them the connections in between and that kind of thing. So speaking of connections, Stuart, you got a chance to attend the conference this year. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and maybe connections you made in terms of learning as well as people? It was a great conference. I didn't quite know what to expect being online, but still connected to a handful of people just trying to network, get to know people in the industry since I'm relatively new to it. But watching the on-demand videos was a great addition as well as the speakers that were there. Yeah. Anything stand out for you? A session or an interaction with people? Anything like that? The one that I remember most is there was a video on HERS ratings and adding HERS ratings to MLS pages for new home. And I thought that was a great idea to just boost HERS ratings in general. And I would love to see that in more markets. Very good. Drew, tell us a little bit about your conference experience, please. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that we were able to hold it. 
online. As Stuart was saying, having those on-demand videos really lets you experience a lot more than an in-person conference where you have to pick and choose which seminars you'll attend and which you don't. And having access to that for a whole year allows me to spread out and see all of it. I really did like, as Stuart was saying, the ways that the real estate is working with the ResNet and trying to get that listed because it's it really can have a big impact even on a on an existing home. Even a 1950s home that's had retrograde improvements can save somebody forty, fifty thousand dollars over the life of that mortgage. So being able to capture that in the MLS and the appraisal is very important for letting people know exactly what it is they're buying. Got it. Back to Stuart, can you tell us a little bit about the application process? Like how you found out and how did it go? And in case anybody's listening who might want to consider that, what was it like? So I found out about it through my boss. He sent out an application. So I had actually never heard of the ELC before he sent me the application, filled it out. I thought it had some great questions in there. It made me evaluate why I am doing what I'm doing, which was really great. The video was kind of fun. I have chickens, so I tried to get the chickens in my video. They didn't quite like it, so I'd, they weren't in it. But yeah, I had a great experience with that. I was quite surprised that I was chosen, mainly because I didn't do the research that I probably should have, and I didn't really realize that it was for newer members to ResNet, which makes total sense. But yeah, great experience, great questions. would highly encourage anyone to apply that's wanting to get involved a little bit more. Are you automatically part of the Emerging Leaders Council by becoming a fellow? That's correct. Yeah, you're a part of it for a year. And they have all sorts of groups that you can be a part of that kind of help raiders succeed in their job or give information, put information out there. And yeah. You have a pretty short path. Your voice gets heard in the ELC, and it's a short path to the governance of ResNet to absorb and take action on what you see. So I think it's kind of a unique position to have a voice in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's empowering to be able to be a part of this community of people that have so much experience and have so much knowledge. And it's really awesome to be able to talk and kind of network with them. So Drew, tell us a little about your experience, how you became aware, how the application went and sort of the follow on after that. I received an email from ResNet and I receive a lot of emails from ResNet. (laughs) (laughs) We all do. (laughs) It's part of what they do. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. But I forget what it was, but something caught my eye about this one that they were looking for people to join the ELC. And of course, they were offering the free conference admission, which was with a family. Making the conference would be a financial strain. But yeah, so I received the email and went on and filled it out. They were good questions, but they're questions that I often stumble over. (laughs) It's just how to explain myself and how to explain what I do is is kind of difficult, I think, sometimes. Sure. It's invisible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Filled it out, turned it in, and really had no... I didn't put any hope in it (laughs) that I would win. (laughs) It would be great if I did, but I assumed that so many people are probably applying, and I guess I just have a lack of confidence in my ability to answer questions on a form, I guess. But I did win, obviously. And I mean, overall, it was a pretty good experience. There wasn't any problems or any issues with it. No downsides. Yeah, no downsides to it. Does it make you feel different to be uh, part of the ELC and to have won this award? Does it change like your perspective on the way you do your work or the steps that you take? 
Yeah, I feel that you, you have some responsibility, I think, to represent the ELC in your community, that you're not just one person, not one face in a crowd. You've sort of been chosen for some good reasons. I think oftentimes when you get like picked for an award or a prize or something like that, you feel like, wow, me? You know, pinch yourself. <laughs> Could it be me? Like, usually this is reserved for someone else. Why, why is it me? <laughs> Was there a reaction from your coworkers or your family, perhaps? No, there really wasn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't understand because you got to do more communication. Well, we all do, right? <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> That's very cool. Going back to Stuart, what do you think is going to happen in the future here? Just boldly, just crystal ball. You're new to this, but you have a different glide slope than people that are already in the industry. What do you think is going to happen as we go forward? I don't know. I would love to see more above code buildings being built. Some builders are really excited about it and they just want to build above and beyond. Some just want to build like they've been building for the last 40 years. So I think there's going to be a mix. I think you're going to get some houses that are going to be just code minimum, but I think you'll see a lot more that will be above code. I think people will start understanding and seeing the benefits of above code buildings and just the comfort that comes. There'll be a word of mouth. So-and-so built my house and I'm so comfortable and I love this house and I'm warm and my bills are low. You should buy a house from so-and-so builder. And that's what I would really hope happens in the future. Do you have much opportunity to educate in the things that you learn and the things that you do? Do you share your, what your knowledge is? I share it where people will listen. They don't always listen. But yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends, even just in older homes. I have friends that own houses. They are extremely interested in how to bring their house a little more efficient, make it more comfortable. Anyone that'll listen, I'll tell them everything that I know. <laughs> Great. True. And educational opportunities that you might have or things you're engaged in to spread your vision? I do. I have a couple people that I've been working with here in the Wichita area to help improve the education of the community. I've got a friend who's looking into starting a nonprofit to show people how to make some of these improvements for themselves such as bringing in a contractor to show somebody how to install a window or how to properly caulk and seal penetrations around their house. Things like that, that can have a very big impact with little financial. Little expense. It's more labor and know-how, that kind of thing. And perhaps that's where you can bring some of the vision that you have there. It's interesting. You called yourself perhaps very bold or insane in your application. <laughs> That's an, That's the first time I've ever seen that in any kind of application. <laughs> Maybe that's why you thought you wouldn't win. <laughs> <laughs> that's very much, yes. <laughs> Here in Kansas, there's no government stick or carrot for improving efficiency of homes. So it really is just up to the individual to make that decision. And a lot of times it's hard to make that decision when you see the upfront cost because the long-term benefits aren't real yet. But I think when we have sufficient number of people being able to show that long-term benefit, then more people with or without the government are going to decide that it's something that they want for themselves. Modern home optimization, is that strictly based in Kansas? Yes. I'm a one-man operation here in Wichita. And the name says it all. I'm looking at optimizing the benefits for people. The term modern is actually a musical term that refers to the music after the romantic period. So we're looking at the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. So these are the homes that are best suited for low-cost upgrades. Interesting. The name was very intentional and specific. So can I guess what one of your hobbies is? Sure, sure. Music? 
perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have no musical talent. I love to be, listen to music, but I cannot read music. I cannot carry a tune. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a music consumer. Yes, very much so. Do you see any parallels between music and the work that you do? I mean, it's harmonization or anything that resonates with you? So synergy. Synergy is a big thing that I look for. When you can get everything working together, my long-term goal or my long-term dream, I should say, is to have a company that can use residential training to train people as auditors and move them up to doing commercial and industrial auditing, and then also be able to work with contractors to make the upgrades and do project management so that not only am I giving people information, but I'm giving them a route to actually get the improvements made. Stuart, can you tell us about your hobbies besides chasing? Well, maybe chasing mountains. Maybe that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely it. I'm a big mountain biker. That's my main sport of choice right now. Mountain biking, climbing, skiing are the three big ones. And fortunately, I work pretty close to some mountain bike trails. So after work, I can get a good ride in. Got it. Can you describe what a work week is like for you? Yeah. So most of my week is spent testing houses from blower doors, duct blasters, bath fan speeds, and insulation inspections, grading insulations, and air sealing inspections are most of my week, every week. Some weeks are easier than others. Some weeks I have 10 or 11 duct blasters to do. Other weeks I have 30 to 40. So it's pretty entertaining. And you had mentioned you cover the whole state. I do, yeah. So everywhere from Salt Lake to St. George. Drew, what's your kind of service territory and what's your week look like? I would say probably Southeast Kansas. <laughs> okay. That would be my service area. There's not really anybody else in the state of Kansas until you get up to Kansas City. And there are some people down in Oklahoma City that will come up across the border. But for the most part in Southeast Kansas, I'm just about the only guy. My work week, I actually am an electrical engineer. I design substations for utilities. So I do that Monday through Thursday. And then as needed, I get out to the new home construction during the week to run the tests and take pictures of insulation and things like that. And the weekends I reserve Friday and Saturday for existing home inspections. And then awesome. writing reports fits in where it can. <laughs> wow. You're very passionate about this. You've got all these things going on. We've covered uh, a lot of topics today to meet the LC fellows. We've got to know a little bit more about you and your passion, your drive, and what got you into this and how it went. I'll just ask for closing thoughts and first ask Stuart anything you'd like to say to the listeners. I do enjoy what I do, and I would encourage anyone to get into energy efficiency, PERS rating, energy auditing, any type of energy efficiency-related career path. I highly recommend it. It's very fulfilling and keeps you on your toes. And there's always more to learn. There's new situations and you get out to travel a lot and work with different people. And it sounds like it could be a lot of fun for people with the right mindset. Yeah, exactly. Drew, what are your closing thoughts to parallel Stuart's? I would agree with Stuart that this is really a great career path, I think. And I think it's one that is accessible for a lot of people. We certainly need more raiders out there. We need more advocates. We need more people in the educating people about home efficiency and what benefits it has. Benefits the homeowner, benefits the environment, benefits, I guess, the homeowner again financially. <laughs> it brings comfort. It brings energy savings. It reduces the overall demand on the energy system. But we need more people out there 
trying to make that happen. I would encourage anybody and I really enjoy it. Probably the best part of the job is climbing around in, in attics and parts of the house that you don't ever see. That's what I really enjoy. Pretty neat. It was a pleasure meeting and speaking with you. We think the glad to bring you out and to the listeners here, the Res Talk podcast. Yeah, I want to thank you for coming on the show again today in this episode with meeting the 2021 ELC fellows. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Res Talk with Stuart and Drew telling us about their experience as the 2021 ResNet Emerging Leadership Fellows. If you're a pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us professional to learn more or join the email list. You can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter. Our quote for today is by J.P. Morgan. Go as far as you can see. When you get there, you'll be able to see farther. If you're interested in feeding back to Resonant what you heard here today or would have a general question or want to hear a new topic covered on the podcast, please drop an email to info at resnet.us. And also please look for the links in the show notes and the details on how you can get involved and engaged. If you've not subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to Res Talk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes or the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on Res Talk.